Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally go a little bit off topic. My name is Scott Cowie, I'm a drummer turned comedy singer, songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people but more often than not it will be fellow musicians focusing on their careers and lives within arguably the greatest art form in the world and you get this for free each and every Thursday here at scottkiwi.com and now we're on iTunes please subscribe, rate, review, maybe give us five stars and for now enjoy the show Guest this week in the podcast Mr. Stuart Copeland, the absolute legend that is Stuart Copeland. He doesn't need much of an introduction. He was the police drummer. He's produced and been a part of many film scores as well. And we're going to talk to Stuart in a little bit. Now, everybody has been on my case the last couple of weeks, including the producer Ron of this show. Ron's right here. And everybody has been tweeting me, been Facebooking me, beboing me. People have been, um, you know, putting bits of paper in those little pigeons and sending me messages, right? And they've been saying the same thing. You need to get rid of Barry, your co-host. He's the worst co-host Andy's ever heard. Ron, you th- what do you think? Yeah, you need to get rid of him. You need to get shot him. Just... Everybody's been saying he's useless. Everywhere I go, I've had a pound for every time I said, or I heard someone say, you need to sack Barry. And he's not here right now. Surprise, surprise. So he's also not very committed. So let's get, we're ringing him right now as we speak, ladies and gentlemen, because I've got some serious business to take care of. I'm a comedy singer-songwriter for MD that doesn't know, and I'm looking to take my career onto the next level. Hello. Barry, Scott, how's it going? Good, Scott, how are you? Ah, you know me, Barry, can't complain, never do. Especially when, Barry, Malone's Bar, two weeks ago, 60 strong, I sold the place out. It was a good gig, wasn't it? You rocked it, rocked it. Brilliant gig. Thanks, Barry. I appreciate that. But listen, we need to take things on a whole new level here, Barry. I'm thinking of booking out a bigger venue, right? I just, right, I want right. to run this past you, right? Right, of course. I want to run course. this past you. I'm thinking of booking the Staples Centre in Los Angeles. The the Staples Centre in Los Angeles? Aye. The big, you know, the, the big, big venue. Like, it holds 18,000. Would you think, Baza? Nah, they'll shut up. You're joking. No, I'm thinking of booking out the Staples Centre. <laughs> I mean, why, why would I be joking? You're no, you're being, you're, you're just like, I was thinking maybe like, I don't know, somewhere in Glasgow, it's slightly bigger, no, no, the Staples Centre in Los Angeles, you're, you're having a laugh. No, Barry, we need to kind of reach for the stars here, so to speak, as uh, Steps would say, right? We need to really, really <laughs> go for this, we need to go for this big right. style, okay? Now, what I'm going to do is, you know, Phil Toll, Metallica's therapist, right? Yep. I'm going to yep. give him a call, I'll tell you the reason why, I'm going to ask Metallica to support me. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. I'm going to call Shut him. Jing, that's a good idea. No, don't do that, Scott. I'm, no. call, I'm going to. I'll give him a call. What do you think? No, don't. We don't. Just, just, it's not going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll give. I'll, I'll give you a call back, Barry. Right? No. <laughs> don't. Just don't do it. I'm going to call. Scott, whatever you do, do not phone Doctor Phil. Just don't do it. Okay, so I've, ha- I've I've hung up in Barry there, and I will tell you the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, because Barry's supposed to be a good friend of mine. And a good friend, as the old saying goes, is meant to always tell you what you want to hear. Now, I've just played in front of 60 people. I want to play in front of 18,000. But right now, hopefully we'll answer. We are legitimately calling Phil Toll, Metallica's therapist. So hopefully Phil will take my call. Hello, is that, is that you, Scott? Yep, yeah, it's me, Phil. How you doing? 
Whoa, Scott, baby, what time is it back there? It, well, listen, it's, I, I tell you what, Phil, it's about time I upped the game. That's what time it is, Phil, right? I don't know if you've <laughs> heard, right? But um, I played my gig at Malone's Bar a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was it was absolutely amazing, Phil. There were 60 people that turned out for the event. Unbelievable. I had to get cheers from the other room. People were clapping really loudly. It was amazing. Things are obviously progressing, Phil, right? Excellente. Excellente, my friend. How can I help? What's up? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, obviously, I need to take things to the next level. And um, I've just had a chat with Barry. And I've, I've, I've ran the idea past him about me booking out the Staples Centre in Los Angeles. But here's what I need you to do. Um, obviously, being Metallica's therapist, you're still in touch with the guys. I think it would be a really good idea if, um, if you can ask Metallica to support me at the event. Because I've played at Los Angeles a lot of time. I can pull a crowd in Glasgow and in Airdrie. But Los Angeles will maybe need, you know, the support band to, to, to try and bring a little bit of a crowd. So um, what do you think of that? I think it's a fabulous idea. Hold on, let me see if I can get a hold of Lars. Awesome, right? So Phil will get Lars on the phone because essentially what, we're, what we'll need to do, Phil, we'll need to, um, if we can get the orchestra as well because if the orchestra comes along and if each of them bring a couple of people, you know, essentially we've got a crowd of over 100 already. So anyway, we'll, go, we'll see what Lars is saying to That's going to be great. In the meantime, it's ringing. It's ringing now. But in the meantime, the, you know, know that... Uh, the guys are doing really well. Let's just see what, what, what happens here. Excellent. Lars, what's happening, my man? Mm. Yeah, Lars, Phil. Yeah, right. And and uh, got a special request to see what you guys are doing. What are you, what are you guys doing in July? Yeah, here we go. I, I, um, tell them that Barry said the snare drum sound on St. Anger album sounds like a duck being raped. So you guys are, you guys are busy, right? Okay. Right, man. What? Everybody's doing all right. Everybody doing well. I got this crazy man on the phone. He does a podcast, Scott Cowie, in in uh, Scotland. He's doing and and his even more weird friend, Barry. He's weird. Guy, I've got to do some heavy, heavy, heavy work with because this guy's going is out of hand. Yeah. Anyway, these guys are looking for a request backup to to see if there's a way for you guys to play Staples. He, he just hung up on me. Oh, fell. Uh, it's probably because you mentioned Barry. The thing is, Barry illegally downloaded the Black album when he was 15. Lars Ulrich's probably still got a note of it. That's why. In fact, he probably even used it as a soundtrack to listen to while he was watching all that manga porn. Talking of Barry, we need... I tell you what we need, Phil. We need a therapy session with Barry. We need you on next week to give this guy a therapy session. He's useless. I, you know, it's about time he needs one badly. The, the question is whether or not he'll do it. Do you think he'll do it with me? You're probably going to be pretty scared about that, don't you think, Scott? I tell you what, I'll not tell him. I'll just get him in the studio, right? And I'll just ah, get, I'll give you a call, right? Well, let's have an intervention. Right. Let's have an intervention because he really needs the guy's ego is getting way, way out of hand, disproportionate to his, his ability. I know. I mean, some of his, his level of success. I don't even know why you have him involved on these programs. You know, this is a it's a risk for your career, Scott. You've got a tremendous upside, man. And I don't know what this guy Barry. Man, we need to take him down a couple notches. I'll work with him for sure. Phil, I'm so glad that we've kind of we've drifted off subject and got onto the real matter at hand. I mean, the Gary's ego's getting carried away with it. Anyway, I need to try and book the Staples Centre for a gig. So let's talk. Let's get you on next week with Dweezil Zappa. That podcast will get you talking to Barry before the interview. Let's do it, Phil. Absolutely. I'm on. Count me in. 
and looking forward to it. Okay, thank you very much, Phil. Right, a little bit disappointing, Ron, that Metallica can't do it. But listen, as well as having a band supporting, I've got another cracking idea, okay? It's just after WrestleMania, wrestling fever is in the air, okay? So we want to hop on this bandwagon, so to speak. I say we have a cage match, right, before I play, and the people that will be involved in it will have two guests that have previously been on the podcast. Now, I've got a list of the names here. I've got bits of paper with different names on it and a bucket right in front of me, and Ron's going to pick out. What do you think of this idea? I think it might work. Think it might work? Right, let's pick out a name. All the previous cage match, fighting each other, killing each the other. First name uh-huh. is Glenn Matlock. Nice one, Glenn Matlock. Right, go for it, Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols, ladies and gentlemen. Versus who's it going to be? Oriante. Ooh, right. Okay. See that the thing is that can't really be a fair fight, can it? Because Oriante would kill him. You know, she's from Australia. She's tough. But let's give her a phone and ask her if she's interested in being in a cage match. What do you think? In fact, what we'll do, we'll phone her in a little bit, right? Because the only number I've got for Oriante, um, and of course she's been in the podcast, is an Australian number. So let's hang tight on that, okay? Let's call Sandy Tom. She lives in LA. She, she'll probably be over there at the time. She can help us out, but I do believe she's in the United Kingdom right now. Let's get her on the phone. Hurry up, hurry up. Answer. Come on. Hello. Sandy, it's Scott Kelly. How you doing? Oh, hi, Scott. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Listen, I'll tell you what it is. I'll cut to the chase, Sandy. I'm needing a little bit of uh, advice on the music front, if you could be so kind. Okay, yeah, what can I help you with? Right, i tell you what it is. Um, I don't know if uh, word got out to, to Los Angeles where you live, but I had a gig at Malone's Bar in Sucky Hall Lane a couple of weeks back. It went brilliant. Um, there were six... Okay. 60 people were at the event, um, as you can probably tell, I'm getting getting a little bit bigger, fan base is growing one by one, and um, I, even yeah. had to, I even had to get chairs for the other room and bring them in, it was it was pretty damn amazing, right? Um, oh, good. Right, so um, what I'm thinking of doing is, I'm wanting to strike Willie Iron as hot, so to speak, and, and book a bigger venue, this is what I'm looking to do. Um, right. Is, is there anywhere you can sort of recommend, because I've got a funny feeling you might be thinking the same place as what I'm thinking. Well, you know, maybe a natural progression would be to play maybe King Cuts or something of that size, maybe. That's a good size. That's about 200, 250 people. Yeah, it's all right, but I, w- I was thinking of sounds in, in a, a little bit more of a bigger scale. Um, I'm thinking right. of going I'm thinking of going with the Staples Centre in Los Angeles. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> wow. What do you think? Ooh, that's... It holds, it holds, it holds eighteen thousand. Obviously, I'm just looking to capitalise. I mean, Malone's bar was awesome, and um, yeah. for me, it's that's that's like a next kind of natural step, you know. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, it's ambitious. Um, Thank you. You, know, uh, you have to admire your tenacity. Um, you know, it's certainly an. Uh, it would certainly be um, a challenge, but uh, you know if. If you really want to go there, then I could start, I could help you maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is where I see you helping out potentially, Sandy, if you're interested at all. Yeah. My plan is we need to utilise your talent. You've sold millions of records all around the world. You own your own record label. It makes all the sense in the world for you at this event to be head of security. Okay. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, security? 
you know, I'm, I have a, a, a quite a good, healthy, healthy friends. Of they're all in a sort of judo and karate and stuff, so they could uh, possibly help you there. I mean, yeah, you know, we could all we could all rally together and try and help. I suppose it can't be that hard. There's 30 million people in LA County. You know, I that would be cool because um, I don't know if you've you you've seen that song TV Saturday of mine. It's on YouTube. It's got like um, two thousand seven hundred views at the moment. So I'm thinking if um, if all of those oh. if all of those fans show up and bring uh, two friends, then already we're sitting at over eight thousand. You know, um, so yeah. that'd be pretty cool. So I might get you on board. Would you would you um, would you mind taking up the security front? What do you think if we, if you can get a couple of your pals to do the security? Yeah, I mean, I could get a couple. I think maybe when we're, you know, the Staples Center, um, I think we would probably need a little more than a couple. But, you know, I could see if people are home and rally around and get some, you know, folks together, and I'm sure we can make it work for you. And, uh, you know, just let me know when you need me, and, and well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the goons together and... We'll get them all, you know, on the security front. Yeah, no problem, because, you know, obviously 18,000, that's, that's a lot of people. You're going to need some some decent security. So I'm, I'm the girl for that, definitely. Nice one, Sandy. Appreciate it. See, my co-host, Barry, he's been a bit of a pessimist. He thinks I'm being like, unrealistic and stuff like that, but I just can't be bored with that negativity. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, Scott, just, just you need to tell him just to shush and, you know, don't, don't bother you with that kind of negativity. You know, you're, you're setting your high high. You know, you reach into the stars and you only live once. So, like, I say, just go for it. Excellent, nice one. Um, also, uh, I just spoke to Phil Toll there, Metallica's therapist. And um, mm-hmm. do you remember Remember, I was telling you that he was in the podcast? Yeah, how's he doing? Yeah, he's doing all right. I just asked him if the Metallica guys could support me, but they've got some European tour on the go. But um, I'm hoping Phil could talk them around because I think that'd be a decent support for myself, you know. So it's all it's all coming to plan already. Oh yeah, I'm sure they would take that definitely. I'm sure they would love that. It's a good gig for them. Oh, but a great gig for them. I've been a big fan. I've been illegally downloading their albums for years. You know. Yeah, you know. Listen, talking of sold out shows, you've got a good few coming up. You're looking forward to the Scottish dates of the tour. Oh yeah, very much looking forward to them. I've got a a, a very cool thing planned. I have a DVD being recorded in uh, my back in my hometown. Of Aberdeen, and uh, so that's going to be great. It's a Tivoli Theatre, so I'm very excited about that. And uh, two more shows in Scotland, uh, you know, Dunfermline and West Lothian. So the original Carnegie Hall as well, which is uh, which is something not many people can say they've played. But uh, no. I've got Stuart Coatland coming up on the podcast. I don't know if you've maybe got a question for him. Is there any you want me to ask him? <laughs> Oh wow, that's great! Well, um, I actually saw him recently in an episode of Storage Wars, which is something that I watch avidly when I'm at home. And uh, Barry sold me a uh, vintage symbol. I think would be the best way to put it for for one of his jazz kits at home. So you could ask him how he how he's liking it because uh, you know he paid some good money for it. I think it was like four hundred dollars or something. So yeah, ask him how he's getting on with that symbol. That's what I'll ask him. Who sold him that? Well, his name is Barry from Storage Wars. He's a bit of a character. And uh, there is only one. You would, if you ever saw the show, then you would get, you'd get my, why I'm saying that. He's quite a unique character. Right, Sandy, that's fantastic. I will ask Stuart that today. And thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you at the Staples Centre.
Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really cool. Okay, we're going to frigging a pack space out. No problem. Excellent. Okay, I'll maybe get you... Um, I'll need somebody to do the merch as well. I'm thinking out loud, but I'll get back to you, all right? Okay. <laughs> Let me know. All right. Take care. Right. Take care. Cheers, Bye. Man. Bye. All right, cool. Hold on, I'll just write this down. Sandy equals security. Sandy plus two, Ron. We'll get yeah, a, a couple of pals. But anyway, you can go see Sandy on the 13th of April, Carnegie Hall and Dunfermline. There are some tickets left. Get them while you can. Because her gig on the 15th of April at the Tivoli Theatre in Aberdeen is sold out. On the 17th, she'll be playing in Livingston. There's a whole host of gigs coming up for Sandy. Go and check them out. Um, it's a world tour. It's extraordinary. So, sandytom.com. It's easy to remember. Now, we are getting somewhere here. Our security is sorted. Orianthi. Ori. Orianthi. We'll need to give her a phone. Of course, the Aussie gets an outlier. We need to tell her about this idea about the cage match, Ron. Now, the thing is, we can't put her in a cage match with, the, with Glenn Matlock for the Sex Pistols because she'll kill him. Like I said, she's from Australia. She's she's probably been fighting all her life, you know? She can do anything. If you heard her on the guitar, she's the best guitar, genuinely the best guitar player I've ever heard. She's absolutely amazing. Maybe instead, we'll put her in the ring with someone else, right? Or, here's what we'll do. Again, she can survive in the wild. Let's put her in a ring with a crocodile. Scott, right? you know, I think you think that she's superhuman. Aye, she is. Of course she is. She can do anything. Trust me. We'll give her a phone. I tell you what, before we phone her and tell her that she's going to be in a cage with a crocodile and she's going to win and, and it'll be amazing, let's call Barry. Let's tell him about security. Let's run it past him. Let's do it. Let's get Basil on the phone. Let's give us some it. tough hate. Some tough hate. Let's do it. Hi, Scott. Baza. Like, a bit of progress, okay? I spoke to Phil, I asked Metallica to support. Still, and what did they say? It, they're busy in July. Yeah, he called up Lars, but anyway, they've got a, some stupid European tour or some nonsense <laughs> like that, you're, right? You're off, you're off your head, absolutely right. off your head. Metallica think it's not looking likely, okay? Hopefully we'll be able to talk them around. But however, <laughs> I'm, I'm wary that security is going to cost a fortune, but I've managed to get a security pretty much for free. We're sorted. Sandy's going to do security. Wait, who's Sandy? Sandy, Sandy Tom. Sandy Tom? Aye, she's going to do security. I just spoke Sh to her. Shut you didn't get Sandy Tom to do security. Aye, I just phoned her there. She says she's up for it. You got a five foot four acoustic guitar playing lassie from Scotland to do security for the Staples Centre? Aye, man, I just spoke to her there. It's all, well, she's bringing a couple of pals. I'm no flaming daft, right? <laughs> so... It's, we're sorted in the security front, right? But I've got another idea for a support act, Barry. You know that Orianthe? Yes. Her that plays guitar with Michael Jackson. Oh, right? Aye. Or that played guitar with Michael Jackson. I'm going to get her to support, but I'm not going to get her to play music. You know, she's from Australia, right? And she can probably <laughs> survive in the wild, right? I'm going to get her in a cage match with a crocodile. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to give her a phone just now, what do you think? No. There's no way, there's no way you're going to phone her and ask her. Shut up, I'm going to give no. her a phone just now. Her no, no. in a cage with a crocodile. Orianthe <laughs> in a crocodile. The thing is, Barry, I, I, I kid you not, Orianthe's capable of anything. We we were discussing the fact she's superhuman. She's an unbelievable musician, and I'm going to give her a phone right now. I promise you, if MD can beat the hell out of a crocodile in a cage, it's going to be Orianthe. She's my hero, I love her. I'm going to phone her right now. Scott, do not phone Orianthe and get her in a cage match with a crocodile. Don't, that's stupid. Barry, I think you're just being a bit unambitious, as they oh, say. Aye. What's the big deal? I think it's silly, Scott. Just how is it silly? She probably she she'll probably beat the crowd. Could you imagine her reaction right now? What do you think she'd say? 
You trying to say I can't fight, Barry? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I'm going to give her a phone just now. Oh, don't, Scott. You're doing this. You're going to, she's going to crack up with you and lose the plot. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll get her angry there and then she'll beat the crocodile in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. Never. Scott, whatever you do, do not call her anything. Listen, Barry, it's fine. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's fine. I promise you, I won't ring her, okay? I won't do it, okay? Okay. Better not. You better not. Okay. I'm a man of my word. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hello, London Zoo. Hi, uh, this is Scott Cowie here from the Talk Music Podcast. Sorry, who's that I'm speaking to? It's Susan. I tell you what it is, Susan, I'm after some prices for, uh, essentially I'm looking to rent a crocodile um, for an event that I'm running in the Staples Centre. I'm wondering if I can get some prices from you today. Um, crocodile rental is not a service that we provide, sir. Right, okay, I think you might want to make an exception on this occasion. Um, I tell you what it is, I'm a a really successful singer so I'm a semi-successful singer so I'm a songwriter uh, from Glasgow and things are going really well at the moment. I played in Malone's Bar, it was off the chart. I'm, as I said to you, I'm running a gig in the Staples Centre in Los Angeles. And do you know who Orianthe is? Uh, well, uh, well, you know you know the, the girl that plays guitar with Michael Jackson? Um, the blonde hair Yeah, 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 that's that. Aye. We're going to have her wrestling a crocodile in a cage match. So um, we're just looking to see, uh, you know, given, can you make an exception on this occasion, given that it's such a big deal? I, I'll just stop you there. I'm really sorry, sir. It's, it, it's just not something that we do. Are you sure? I mean, I, we could cover the visa for the crocodile. <laughs> it's against our policy, 100%. I'm very sorry, sir. I don't think you... Uh, Orianti's Australian. I, I seriously doubt if you're worried about her safety, I can assure you... Um, she's. She looks as if she can flame and she could take that crocodile down. I think if there's somebody that's going to have their hand raised at the end of the match, it's going to be Orianthe. I'll be honest, my money's going to be on her. Uh, good luck with that, sir, but it's not something that we can do. I'm sorry. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Susan, if you're not doing anything in July, um, if you're wanting tickets for, for the gig, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be 18,000 strong, so um, I don't know if you fancy coming along. Um... Fantastic. Yeah, I'll give it some thought. Alright, thanks for all your help. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Slut. Yeah, so message to Susan from the zoo. Uh, get a sense of humour, you pig. Right, anyway, well, here's what we'll do, Ron. Here's the plan. Let's speak to Stuart Copeland. Let's do the interview. And then at some point, I'm going to ask him to help out with this Staples Centre gig. And if he's into it, we're going to call the Staples Centre and we're going to book it. That's what we're going to do today. Are you with me? Let's do it. Let's go for an interview now with the legend that is and the man that's played on some of the greatest records ever written by anybody, Stuart Copeland. Okay, we are back on the Talk Music Podcast with Mr. Stuart Copeland. How are you today, Stuart? Very good, thank you. It is a champagne morning here in California. Excellent. It is a dull night here in Scotland, so it's just the usual, Stuart. <laughs> well, that's how you Scots like it, isn't it? Well, we like something to yeah, moderate. You like to cuddle up on a grim night with your haggis and play with your sporans? If that's a euphemism, it's just about right, probably, Stuart, yeah. Um, no, that's not a euphemism, it's a generalisation. Oh, really? Well, the thing is, we always liked something to moan about, but talking of Scotland, when was the last time you were here? Uh, not 
not so long ago. I have no idea. But you know, I am actually myself Scottish. Okay. Three so, quarters. My mother's fully from Leith, and uh, my folks, even my from from Alabama, they're originally from Scotland too. So hail the new. Excellent. Good stuff. Now, you, talking of your folks, your dad played with Glenn Miller and was also in the CIA. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, Stuart? Well, he was a lot more of the proud of the CIA part than the Glenn Miller part. For him, that was sort of like the Bay City Rollers or something. He played with the James Brothers. He played with uh, much much cooler people than that that no one's ever heard of. Um, but uh, he was a musician, which was an advantage for young Stuart growing up because there were instruments all over the house. Any glimmer of a gift or an interest in music was immediately seized on by the parent folk. Uh, so um, that was very fortunate. I got stuck in music lessons right from the start. Talking of that, you were, you were brought up in a household that was tons of instruments, but I've heard that recently that you've got into buying a lot of musical instruments on eBay. Has there been any um, recent purchases of interest to it? Well, yeah, eBay is a wonderful thing. Uh, I've got the world's largest collection of the cheapest instruments money can buy. And I got one of pretty much everything. I got my trombones, I got several different flavors of trombone, tuba, saxophone, various of those. I got this trumpet, it's the biggest trumpet you ever saw, baritone marching horn. I got my cello, I got my viola, I got guitars, I got martial amps, I got all kinds of stuff here. I pretty much got everything. I got the timpani all set up and uh, the most important thing about it is that it's all mic'd up and ready to go. So my chums come over here and start plonking on the uh, keyboard or banging on the timpani, things mic'd up. I just hit record and the entire studio is in record. Excellent. Now, one of the people that's been around there is Thomas Lang, as I watched earlier. Can you name Yes, he has been. He, he uh, carved quite a swathe. What, um, Thomas Lang, funnily enough, was actually in Glasgow a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago and the reports from his gig, just as usual, that it was phenomenal. Um, what other musicians have been around there jamming with you, Stuart? Oh, Stanley Clark. Ben Harper, Snoop Dogg, uh, Joe Walsh, uh, Jeff Lynn, uh, Andy Summers, Armand um, Zabaleko. Some guys are not even musicians. Like Matt Stone, he's one of the creators of South Park. He actually is kind of a good musician. Damn useful, actually. Great stuff. So you've had everybody from Snoop Dogg to the creators of South Park in your studio. Fantastic. Now, a lot of people might not know this, Stuart, but in recent years, you've spent a lot of time in Italy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Is this a conscious decision to play there every summer? How did it all come to fruition? Well, yes, it's just so great. The Italians are just so terrific. Uh, the shows that they do over there are heavily sponsored by the government, which means that the ticket prices are very low, which means that even the likes of myself can play to really big audiences, which is exciting. And the shows are all open air and beautiful locate in a castle or a villa or, you know, they're great locations or in a, even a city square, a lot of fun. And so they're always very vibey, fun shows to play in Italy. So I go there every summer and I'm huge in uh, Italy. You know, I don't know if I could get, get arrested in Germany, but um, huge in Italy. In fact, I've got a theory. Uh, uh, which I advise anybody um, in life, if you're a bit of a musician and you want to, 
you know, say you really like, you know, just pick your favorite island in the Caribbean, pick your favorite ski resort, pick your favorite European capital. And what you do is you do an album with a song, you know, say you want to go to uh, Montserrat or something like that in the Caribbean. Montserrat of my dreams. And you do a song. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hit in Montserrat, of course. So when you go to Montserrat, the mayor will meet you at the airport, escort you to the emperor's suite at the five-star hotel upgrade, and you will be the man of the hour in Montserrat, where, where you want to get the upgrade. Okay, and, you know, uh, skiing. Uh, Gestad, Gestad is my heart. So when you go to Gestad, you know, you get treated like royalty. That's, that's my tip for the top, folks. I love it, Stuart. Absolutely brilliant. Edinburgh, <laughs> Edinburgh rocks my soul. I mean, is that not destined to be a hit in Edinburgh? Sure. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take that audio clip. We're going to put a bit of drum and bass behind it. We're going to make sure that that's going to be a hit. So the next time you play here, there's going to be thousands of people singing along with. Give us that again. Edinburgh, you rock. You rock so hard, I'm going to come by. Uh, listen, great stuff. I, I love it, Stuart. You can come up with a song on the spot. Now, well, what town are you in for crying out loud? Listen, Stuart, this is, I, I don't know if you've even heard what of this town. What town are you from? I am from a place called Airdrie. That's where I am conducting. Airdrie, Airdrie rock so hard. I'm coming on down to Airdrie. I'm coming right now. I'm coming over to Airdrie. I'm coming on down. You get your sporns out ready. You get your haggis hot because I'm coming down to Airwig. <laughs> Hold that thought a little second, Stuart. We are just going to advertise some of our previous episodes. A lot of absolutely amazing episodes for you guys to check out at scottkerry.com. Episode 1, Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. Episode 2, Huey Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals. Episode 3, she was on the phone earlier, Sandy Tom. Episode 4, Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band. Episode 5, the woman that's going to be wrestling a crocodile at the Staples Centre. Oh, you uh, Bob Jacobs from NASA was in episode 6 Episode 7, Phil Toll from Metallica Well, sorry, Phil Toll, Metallica Therapist Excuse me Episode 8, The Grahams from Wet 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 Episode 9, Andy McKee Episode 10, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene Episode 11, Amazing Producer Cliff Goldmacher Episode 12, The Man Who's Drummed with Oasis The Who and Paul Weller, Steve White his name is Episode 13, Martin Taylor, MBE and this podcast right here, right now, Stuart Copeland from The Police. All available at scottcowie.com and go on iTunes and hit that subscribe button and get us a free each and every Thursday. Check it out. Boom shakalak. Now, talking of improvisation, coming up with a song on the spot. Now, I want to talk about your, your good friend, um, Sting. Now, I'm going to try to, I've, I've watched a lot of interviews in yourself, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to improvise, Stuart. I'm going to try and dress this question up and make it a little bit different to what you've heard a million times, no doubt. So, um, Sting says that you that you don't like jazz, but you play like a jazz drummer. Um, a lot of the improvisation that you had, because I've got a theory that you're very creative as a musician and as a drummer, but Sting seems to like, like his, you know, like it very specific what all the parts should play. Did that lead to a little bit of the friction within the band? Is that is there any truth to that? Am I way off the mark? What do you think? 
No, you're right on the mark. That's exactly where the friction comes, and it's a good, honest reason for friction. Uh, and I well understand his attention to detail when he writes a piece of music. He doesn't just sort of have a general idea. Uh, he's got the full thing. He's a com full-on composer and arranger, and he writes a song. He knows exactly what to do with it, and good luck to him. Um, I'm not so good myself at discerning what that vision might be and conforming to it because I've got my own instincts and I'm, you know, I'm better off when I'm following those instincts. I do a better job when I follow those instincts. Those instincts are not necessarily overlapping with the original scheme of a song that Mr. Sumner might have written. Uh, now, this is all stuff that goes back decades because he, he hasn't written a song for me to chew on for... Uh, 20, 30 years now. So, but yeah, that is that is the problem between the two of us. I like chaos and Sting likes order. Now, I fully understand that uh, appreciation of order because I myself, when I write music for orchestra, it is completely ordered. Uh, every note that every musician plays is on the page and they play that, 90 of them, 60 of them, however many. And it is a wonderful thing when musicians obey the page because then they work as one. But I... But when it comes to a rock band, I think that a different formula applies. And in the rock band format, every musician playing is an entity of themselves with something to say, and you just can't organize it too much. You sort of, with rock music, you kind of kill it when you organize it too much. And so both points of view are valid. Um, they can even, you know, that I think chaos applied to orchestra does not work. Uh, but order applied to rock music actually does work. Uh, you know, there are some great albums out there where every note was meticulously constructed. And um, my preference is usually the ones that are just utter chaos. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. No, you can obviously and talk. By the way, uh, the jazz thing, I've had a little bit of an epiphany there. I went and did a jazz tour with uh, Stanley Clark playing actual jazz and the jazz festival circuit in Europe. And I discovered a couple things. First of all, jazz is much more fun to play than it is to listen to. Um, mm. And it's a lot of fun to play. But the other thing is that the jazz audience is the most beautiful audience in the world. They're not there to hit, hear a hit song or to see, hear a singer. They want to see the players play and play as much as possible all the time. And so... They actually like it when musicians go way over the top and overplay, which is what sort of, uh, that's what I would do if I didn't have any constraints. I would overplay and guess what? There's a fantastic audience out there who loves that stuff. Excellent. Now, I was glad that you cleared that up because I remember when he said that you're not a fan of jazz, but it's interesting uh, the way well, that you... I said that anyway, just to, you know, liven up the dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> most likely, Stuart, most likely. You mentioned about the, the orchestra there. Now, obviously, you're talking from experience. You had the Stuart Copeland... Oh, by the way, uh, there's going to be an orchestral piece of mine coming up to Perth, uh, if that's of relevance to your listeners. Yes. Uh, the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra will be playing a piece of mine called Paltroons in Paradise in Perth. On May, I'm going to take a stab at the date here, 26, something like that. Uh, you can look it up. Uh Copeland is coming to Perth. Excellent. We'll get that day absolutely sorted and have it on the website loud and clear, Stuart. So talk to us a little bit about the orchestra then. I watched the video earlier. You were playing with four percussionists. It was great stuff. Did you have to score the part out for all the string players as well? And of course I'm talking oh, absolutely. about... Absolutely. That's the way orchestra works. 
Um, you know, when you organize a rock and roll show, you get the players in a room and they thrash it out over a couple of weeks. It's a lengthy process of inspiration and negotiation, and that's the way bands work. But when you've got an orchestra and the music is on the page, it's very different. Uh, you have to, It's all about the homework. You do your homework, you get it absolutely perfect on the page, and then you show up and you put the page on the stand, count them in, and they all play it perfectly. It takes a couple of run-throughs maybe just to get it real slick. But basically, there's no discussion about what everybody plays. It's there on the page, and it's very organized. Now, some people get annoyed generally when others steal parts of their act, so to speak. Others take it as a massive compliment. The Foo Fighters, Till, Primus, clearly they've taken a big influence from yourself. Do you find that satisfying? What's your take on the whole thing? Well, those three bands you mentioned are all some of my best friends. Yeah. It just so happens. Uh, so that colors my thinking a little bit. Uh, but I am of the, uh, I, I go with uh, being honored. That's the way I look at it. You know, what makes art really great for all to enjoy is cross-pollination. And where the line is between cross-pollination and inspiration and theft, I don't know. Um, and I probably err on the side of um, cross-pollination. You know, I will hear things and steal things from anybody. You play a lick in front of me, and I think I can use it. I'm going to have that. <laughs> always have done, always will. And personally, I think the world is a better place for it. Oh, definitely. It shows you what my take on it as well. I think the Foo Fighters, uh, who constantly uh, reference you as somebody that they've looked up to for years, I think it's turning on a new generation um, to, to your music and what the police created. So I think it's a great thing too. Now, an expression of yours, playing outside the instrument, playing outside your instrument. What does this mean? Can you elaborate on that, please, Stuart? Uh, well, there's two, you know, when you're practicing, rehearsing, refining your, your craft, your art, uh, you're listening to yourself and you're examining your motion of your hands, you're working on trying to even them out, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your scales and it's all work and you're very closely observing your performance and, and honing it and tuning the way your musculature and bones work to create the effect that you want. But when you're playing music with a bunch of guys or on stage, that's the last thing on your mind. You're not thinking about the mechanics of your playing. You're not thinking about, I'm going to hit a drum now and then a cymbal. You don't want to be thinking. You're thinking about what the other guys are doing. You're lost in the music. You're thinking about the music as a physical thing, and you're just a part of it. Your hands will do what they got to do, and they'll find a way. Uh, but your heart, your mind, your sentiment is with the other guy, what, what the music is around you. And when I say get outside your instrument, I think just stop thinking about your instrument. Be in the music, not in your instrument. Interesting stuff, like I said, it's a, it's a great take on things, Stuart. Let's talk about um, how things have changed from, from when you initially broke through. The internet's effect on music. Some people say it's given more bands opportunities as it's easier to get the music out there. Others say it's to the detriment as the record companies have been affected negatively. What's your take on it generally, Stuart? Uh, it is a 100% good thing that the bar has been lowered. Um, that anybody can make music, that, t that applications are out there that give Tom, Dicker, and Harry an opportunity to make music. Uh, that makes it hot for the people who make a living out of it. Uh, and for the record companies, they try and mass market it. Of course, that is a problem. Um, but really, the essence of music is about campfire and about people, you know, the, the, the separation of performer and performee is a recent invention. 
Um, I don't mind it at all because specialization allows me to spend all day learning how to play my drums and go and hopefully impress people with the result of that exercise while somebody else had to grow a sheep for me to eat, okay? You know, uh, and he didn't have time, but he can still clap along. And if after his sheep shearing, he's got a minute to learn how to play guitar or something like that, all power to him. And with modern technology, he could actually even make a record. And that's good. Um, it's only a problem in terms of competition. Now, not just the sheep shearer on his off moments doing a rap song, but a professional musician trying to make a living are now in the same boat. They both have to somehow get attention. Uh, but one's got a day job, sheep shearing, the other one trying to make a living out of music. Okay, I get it. That's a problem for that professional. But ultimately, uh, people like Moby, people you know, people who exist only with the technology, they wouldn't be able to do what they do and bring new forms of music and delight us uh, without that threshold being lowered. I wouldn't be able to write symphony orchestras if I had to do it by hand because I, it's just you know, so uh, labor-intensive. Um, and so these, this technology frees up people who didn't devote their life to practicing their instrument but have a song in their heart. Sandy Tom, a friend of ours, was on the phone earlier and she wants to know how the symbol is doing. The symbol that you bought from the, in the episodes of Storage Wars that you were on. That's right here. Is it doing well then? It's sounding good even over, over this. What is it, Stuart? I just made that name up. In fact, the whole thing was a uh, spoof. Uh, I was just having fun with it. Uh, actually, there, you know, Zildjian are great ride symbols and so on, but I got a little carried away and I did the whole number on that show where he sold it to me for 50 bucks. I bought it off him. And then as soon as I, he had my money to send it, I go, ha, 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 I can't believe it. I've just got the holy grail of symbols. And, you know, and I did a whole song and dance and everything. Uh, just for, you know, anyone who saw that show, when the camera was switched off, he gave me the fifty bucks back. Said, "Hey, keep the symbol." That's a great. That's a great behind the scenes. I'm sure Sandy will be delighted with that answer, Stuart. Before you go, Stuart, um, I've been calling around people today. I'm looking to get my career on the next level. I recently played Malone's Bar. There were sixty people at the gig, Malone? Stuart. Malone's. Was that a weekday or a weekend? It was on a Thursday night. Things are really kicking. That's good. If you're headlining in the weekday, that's better than headlining in the weekend. That means you got to draw. Yeah, you got I, six people. I don't know what it is, Stuart. I mean, recently my YouTube clips, everything seems to be going well. People are actually clapping along at the gigs and everything. Sixty people. Sixty Jesus. people, Stuart. Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean to boast about it, Stuart, but I'm obviously, you know, things are obviously going to take off. But what I'm going to do, is, Stuart, I'm thinking of booking out the Staples Center in Los Angeles. It holds eighteen thousand. I do realize it's a little bit more than the 60 people that I played along with, but I need your help. No, by the time you get here, it'll be picking up steam. You'll have gathered momentum. You will have caught you. By the time you get to California, you will have done Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago, Atlanta. You know, by the time you get to L.A., you will be rocking. You'll, you'll fill out the, um, the Staples Center. And if you don't, if you get like, you know, 90 people, they got big curtains that they bring down to cover up the empty seats. Awesome, excellent. I might get, need to get Sandy Tom with security to, to help us with those curtains in. This sounds good, but Stuart, I need your help. I need your, is there anything you can contribute with to this gig? Is there anything you can think of that you can can help out, essentially? Help out? Yeah. Uh, sure, I'd love to help out. Uh, let's see, I can call my folks over there at Staples Center. Great. Uh, I know a couple, Kobe uh, uh, Bryant, you know, I'll call some of my basketball buddies. 
Great. And they'll fix you up right away. Oh, this is this is brilliant. Maybe maybe you could introduce me. Maybe you could play drums. And maybe you could do both. Stuart, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to sell out the Staples Centre or even get 90 people there with those curtains. It's going to be a great one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, you heard it here first. Stuart Copeland is going to be at the Staples Centre. He's going to be introducing me. He's going to be bringing along his basketball player uh, friends of his. It's going to be phenomenal. So we truly appreciate my fellow Scot, Mr. Stuart Copeland. Well, you know, I got a toehold here and a toehold there. No messing about whatsoever. We are going to call up the Staples Centre right now and we're going to book this thing, right? Let's do it. It's going to cost a fortune, but let's do it. Hi. Very exciting. Welcome to the Staples Centre oh, sh- in Los Angeles. Shut up. This line is for companies wishing to run events within the Staples Centre. Great, Center. here we go. If you're inquiring about purchasing tickets for oh, an upcoming shut up. event, this cost me a fortune. please press the hash key to be redirected to our box I'll redirect office. your head in the toilet. If your company is looking to run a ticketed event, ticketed event. please press 1. Right, that's me, if press 1. Had it wrong. Hire, please press 2. Oh, to shut up. these options again, please press shut 3. 1, hit 1. Let's do this. You just cost me about £80, you slut. Oh, seriously? Oh my God, what? This is going to be caught. I'll need to take a flaming mortgage out to pay this nonsense. Whoever made this music, I'm going to hunt you. I hope you burn in hell. We're sorry, all attendants are still busy. And that stupid woman as well. Oh, come on. We're going to pierce and push you through the... This is horrible! This call may be recorded. Oh, awesome. Now I'm going to get to jail as well for threatening to flame and burn a machine. Jing the Red Hot Chili Peppers management have to put up with this garbage when they call. Jesus. Good morning, Staples Centre, live booking. Hi, uh, sorry, I missed your name there. My name's Scott Cowie. Um, I've got an inquiry today. What did you say your name was, ma'am? Hello, Scott. My name is Emily. How's it going, Emily? Uh, Scott Cowie here. I'll tell you what it is. We're looking for the big room, the big one. Uh, in July, so just looking to see what dates you've got in July because we've got a big concert planned. So let's do it, you know. Let's get that get that diary at the ready because we're going to book this thing, Emily. It's going to be great. The, actually, um, may I ask you what artist you're representing, sir? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't catch. Yeah, that. Um, I, I, I'm I'm representing myself. I'm Scott Cowie. Um, you probably, I would imagine, what got over there um, to Los Angeles regarding my event held in Malone's Bar a couple of weeks back. Emily, it was, it was outstanding. I had to bring in seats. I was telling us a friend about uh, half an hour ago. I had to bring in seats from the other room due to the demand of the crowd. So we're really at a stage now where the crowds, um, the, the venues that I'm performing at, you know, the crowds are just coming and, and we need a venue bigger. So I'm representing myself to answer your question. I'm Scott Cowie. I, I run a podcast. You've probably heard of it. And um, yeah, we're, we're looking for a date in July. Um, yes, I'm not sure. You did You did say 60 people uh, came to your show, correct? Your crowd? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, it's getting bigger and, and better every time. Um, that's quite that's quite a feat for me. It was quite intimidating playing, uh, playing and performing to a crowd of that magnitude. But essentially, we're looking to take this on to the next level. So it feels that the Staples Centre is... Um, is the next natural step, as I said earlier too. Um, I've got my own security for the event and we've got our own support act. It's going really, really well. So we're hoping to just get something confirmed today with yourselves. Um, we usually actually have our own security here and um, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not certain. No, it's, it's, it's fine because we've got, um, 
it's obviously I'm a businessman, Emily, and I'm looking to save money. And my pal Sandy Tom, she's going to be doing the security. She's got a couple of oh, her friends. I'm sorry. I, my, I'm sitting here. Whom? San, Sandy Tom, my, my friend. She's is, gonna, is it she, a security company? No, it's not a security company. Um, it's it's just my friend. Sandy Tom, the musician. Yeah, um, yeah, she's a musician, but obviously. Okay, would she be performing with you? No, no, no. She's just doing security. She may be doing the merch table as well. We've yet to suss that out, but I would imagine <laughs> she'd be doing it for. Um, I don't know if she's doing it a reduced fee, but certainly she's going to be doing security. <laughs> yes, and uh, you, you do know there is there's quite a large fee for renting the Staples Center. And well, this is what I was hoping to discuss with you, Emily, because at Malone's yes. at Malone's bar, it was fifty pounds for the hire of the venue, which included sorry, how much? Fifty pounds. It was for the hire of the venue and for the um, for the sound engineer. So we're hoping to strike up a similar deal with yourselves. Would you think that would be something that would interest you? I mean, I'm happy to pay, obviously, slightly more than that. But I mean, I was hoping to discuss that fee today. Plus, um, we've actually um, just before, if you're not sold on that idea, um, we've also got. It's not been totally confirmed yet, but um, I, I don't know if you know Orianthe, the guitar player that she plays with Michael oh, yeah. Jackson. She's um, yeah, well, she's going to be supporting. She's not going to be playing guitar, oh. but at, at this stage. We're, we're looking to have her wrestle a crocodile in like a cage match. So it'll be a bit of a, a variety. Um, she'll be wrestling a crocodile. And of course, the main event will be me um, performing some, some of my songs. So I don't I'm, know. I'm not sure this, this would work. I mean, there's there's just some legal liabilities associated with uh, we're, such we're a in, thing. We're in, it's a wonderful idea, sir. I, I really think so. But I'm just not sure that we can cater to that here at the Staples Center. Are you sure? I mean, we can get the crocodile a visa. I'm in the middle of talking to. <laughs> I'm in talks with. I'm in talks with London Zoo at the moment. We've not got anything confirmed, but back to the point. I'm sure we can get a big, big crowd for this event. There's going to be, you know, it's, we can pull quite a hefty crowd. Sixty people. Yeah, man. But listen, I've got one word for you, Emily. Right, one word. Curtains. Curtains. Yeah, curtains. You see, the thing is, I was just speaking to Stuart Copeland there, and he said that you guys have got those massive curtains. So even if we can get 18,000, even if we get 90 people, Emily, 90 beautiful people in that room, we get the big curtains, we put it over those all those empty seats. So is that possible? Can you go into the cupboard just now and get those massive curtains out um, and just make sure they're at the ready? Give them a little iron. So when I come over there in July, we can get those curtains out and make this whole thing happen. I, I, I'm not entirely sure that's going to be possible, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. I mean, Stuart Copeland said he'd help out. You know, we've we've got loads of people helping out here and, and Stuart's obviously, he's dead keen in the whole idea. Sorry, sir. I, I, have a, I find it really hard to believe that you got Mr. Stuart Copeland from the police involved in your event planning here. No, I have. I've got him involved in everything. I've got Orianthe potentially. Well, I've yet to phone her, but she's going to be wrestling a crocodile. Sandy's going to be doing the security. My pal Bob Jacobs, who's head spokesman of NASA, he's been on my podcast too. We're going to ask NASA if they've got any anti-gravity devices so I can rise up from a coffin at the start of the gig. Hello? Hello? Are you kidding? Oh, man. Oh, well, I'm not going to give up on this. Anyway, thanks for hitting that download button, everyone. Remember and subscribe on iTunes, scottkiwi.com forward slash podcast. Give us five stars, and um, we're going to try... Listen, let's not give up in this run, okay? 
We're going to read for the stars, as Steps would say, and I said it earlier and I'll say it again. We're going to do this. Somehow, I'm going to be playing the Staple Center. Sold out 18,000 or 90, whatever we happen to manage to get together. Next week, we've got Dweezil Zappa. Do not miss it. See you next week.